Jewish audio on Chabad.org. What in the world am I doing here? Have you often asked yourself that question? You find yourself in a certain place, in a certain space, at a certain time, and you're like, how did I get here? What am I doing here? One of the biggest challenges we have in our own lives is trying to figure out why am I in this particular job? Why do I live in this particular place? Or maybe in a more specific way, why do I find myself today in this particular traffic? Or why is my flight delayed? The story of our life. We come here, we go there, and we're trying to figure out what is this really all about? There's a very dramatic moment in this week's Torah portion that gives tremendous insight into what our life is really all about. The Jewish people are about to enter the land of Israel. And Moses tells God, what's going to be? Who's going to deal with all this real estate? How are we going to figure this all out? And God tells Moses, Ach bigaral You will create a system of lots. You're going to put inside a box the names of the different families of the tribes. And you're going to put inside the box different portions of the land of Israel. And then you're literally going to pick out a piece of paper. And that will define who will end up where. What a powerful message. Where you are, where you find yourself, the places you go, the people you know, has very little to do with the choices you make and has a lot to do with where God wants you to be. But it's even more than that. The Torah tells us that not only they would choose lots and the lots would assign them to particular places, but even more than that, there was a voice which emanated and announced which family got which portion. And the question is, what was the point of that voice if they could just read the lots? Why an extra miracle? And the Rebbe explains that the insight is very simple. And that is that unfortunately in life, we get so caught up in a materialistic worldview. We get so caught up in the way society looks at everything that we forget that everything we have in all the places we go is a direct result of God's desire. We forget that it's all the lots. We forget it's all coming from above. We start blaming ourselves and taking control and taking ownership over the experiences we have. That's why there's a voice loud and clear saying, hello, do you hear me? This is me, this is God, I'm just reminding you, you're here because I want you to be here. You're here because you have a purpose in this particular space. You're here because there's something you meant to accomplish that is connected to your life's purpose and to your soul's destiny. That's why you are here. So my friends, the next time you get in the car and you turn on the GPS in your phone, remember what GPS stands for. It's a God positioning system. Wherever you are, it's because you're meant to be there for a reason. And the reason why you're there is to elevate that moment, elevate that experience, elevate the people around you. Wherever you are is because you're meant to be there. And this, my friends, is the power of the story of this week. This week's story is particularly connected to what's been going on in the land of Israel this week, where so many brave Israeli soldiers have risked their lives. Sadly, we lost one of them to go and destroy and eradicate darkness and evil. This week's story is about a moment that occurred in the middle of nowhere in a small town, in a church of all places, where lives were transformed, moments were elevated, because that's where God wanted them to be. Open up your hearts, my friends, as I take you back to 2006, the second Lebanon war in Israel. When a young man by the name of Ehud Ezreal Meir is about to get married. Ehud Ezreal Meir is actually a popular figure in Israel today because he is a actor and a performer and somebody who is present very much in Israeli media. 
Well, at that time, Ehud Ezreal Meir was a young man about to get married when he was called up to go and join the effort to protect the land and the people during the Second Lebanon War in 2006. On the way, as they're heading all the way towards Lebanon, they decided to stop in a city called Migdala Amik to get some energizing food and inspiration from a prominent rabbi who lives in Migdala Amik, who often would give encouragement and support to the soldiers on the way out to the various missions. As he enters the synagogue, to say a prayer, to try to strengthen himself before he heads out to the unknown, to risk his own life, to protect the people. He sees a booklet on the table known as the Dvar Malchus. This is a booklet which is published every single week in tens and thousands of copies, which includes within it various teachings of the Torah, teachings of Hasidism, teachings of the Rebbe, and he decides to take it and put it in his backpack. A few hours later, they enter Lebanon. He didn't yet recognize and realize what's actually going on, how he's entering a war, until the moment happened. Shortly before him, on that path, on that caravan, he sees how an Israeli tank was sadly hit and blows up. And just a few minutes later, when they take the bodies out of that tank in black bags, that's when he realized, I'm really going to war. What is going to be with me and my life and my wedding and my future? That night, they enter a small village in Lebanon, And in that village, there was a church that was empty. Everybody in that village seemed to have run away and move on to avoid the fighting and the danger. So this group of soldiers was told by their commander that we are going to park ourselves in this deserted, huge, large structure, a local church. They cover the windows to make sure they're not found. And there they are, crouching down. They try to take a couple hours of sleep to wake up in the morning and they're told that we are not going to go out to our mission, our miftzah, until later in the day. They're all very tense, nervous, anxious, wandering around in this large deserted church when the anxiousness and the boredom starting getting to him and to the people around him. As he's sitting there, one of his fellow soldiers who he didn't even know because these people were collected from all over Israel, random Jews who never met each other before, the one thing they have in common is that they're all Jews. One of them, who seemed to be a very tough, secular kibbutznik, who had absolutely nothing to do with Judaism or Jewish life in any shape or form, beyond the fact that he is an Israeli Jew, he looked at him and said, what is this booklet? What's, what's this thing, this green booklet you have here? So Ahud looks at him and says, oh, just leave it. It's some kind of religious thing. He says to him, tell me, I'm so bored. What do I lose? Tell me what's in here. So Ahud looks at him and says, you know what? All right, let's do something. Let's learn something. And sure enough, they sit down and they open up to the first page. And the first page is a talk from the Rebbe on the topic of the cities of refuge. How appropriate, how relevant. They start studying, they start reading the sacred words, speaking about how no matter where you are in life and no matter where you go, God always provides a space of refuge. God always provides an opportunity for every Jew to find a place to go where you can feel safe and secure. And what is that place? That place is the words of Torah and the words of prayer. And as Ahud is reading these words, it dawns upon him how incredible this is. Here he is in a deserted church in a small village in Lebanon, trying to figure out what am I doing here? Just a few days before my wedding, 
I should be home now, getting ready for my big day. But here I am. And what do I have in my hands? A booklet with words of Torah. And what particular words are right there in the beginning of this booklet? The message of the cities of refuge, of the Arwe Miklat. The message that wherever you go, you can connect with your neshama, connect with God, connect with Torah, connect with prayer that can create a safe space and an anchor where you can feel secure. Wow. Now I understand what I'm doing here. As he's sitting there studying some Torah with this secular kibbutznik, another soldier comes over and says, what's going on? And suddenly a group of five, six, seven, ten, fifteen young men, old men, people of all ages, what they have in common is that they're fellow Jews. They're sitting together in this deserted church in the small village in Lebanon, studying Torah, strengthening each other. And Ahud described how at those moments, so far away from everything and everybody, in a place that is not associated with holiness and with Judaism. Here we were, connecting in such a deep way. We, were risen, we, risen, we, risen, we rose above the differences between us and the fact that we had here Ashkenazim and Sephardim, secular Jews, religious Jews, righties and lefties. We were just one big family, brothers supporting each other in a time of darkness and struggle. And Ahud described how those moments together, that hour they spent studying these sacred words of the cities of refuge, the teachings of the Torah, and this deserted church in this town in Lebanon, those moments became pivotal moments in his own life and the lives of the other people who were there. They thought they were there just to hide from the enemy. They thought they were there to save and protect the land and the people, but it's more than that. They were there for that moment so they can transform each other's lives, ignite their souls, and elevate themselves to a place that they never thought they could ever reach. They stood there, they sat there for an hour, hour and a half, two hours, talking about life, talking about God, talking about spirituality. It was an incredible, incredible moment. The learning was interrupted when the captain came in along with the sergeant and said, we need to get ready. We are about to go out and risk our lives to enter a very important mission to do our part to eradicate the darkness. At that moment, the guy sitting next to him, the one who came over to him at the very beginning, the one who asked him, what is that booklet? The most secular of them all, the tough Israeli kibbutznik, turned to him and said, tell me, perhaps you have tefillin? And Ahud said, yes, I do. I'll be happy to help you. And the man said, I haven't put in tefillin since my bar mitzvah. In fact, I don't even think I put in tefillin by my bar mitzvah. Can you please help me? And at that moment, the hood describes what happened. How they're standing in this church, this place of darkness and impurity. And this Jew is putting on tefillin. His heart opens up and he begins to cry with tremendous emotion. The story, my friends, is not over. Because that night, when they got back from their mission, once again, they huddled together in this church, this huge structure, the biggest building in the entire region, a building that is impossible to miss. And that night, Hezbollah sent missiles to attack them because they learned that the Israeli soldiers are hiding in this church. It was known at that time that their missions, their missiles never missed the mark. But that particular missile hit the house to the right and hit the house to the left. But that building, that church, with its very, very tall spire, a building that can't be missed for miles, again and again, they missed hitting that church with those missiles as they dropped that night. Everybody in that room knew that they were saved because they created a sacred space amidst the darkness because they recognized that the reason why they're there wasn't just for their mission, but they were there for their own elevated experience to support each other, to ignite each other, and to recognize that this moment is about an elevation and a moment of a deeper connection to Hashem. The story is not over. Months later, 
Ehud had the opportunity to reconnect with a group of those people who were present with him that day in that deserted church, in that deserted village in the middle of Lebanon. One of those people, in fact, that very first soldier, that man who reached out to him and asked him, what is that booklet? That man transformed his life, connected with the Jewish people, started leaving a Torah-observant lifestyle. And today, if you ask Ehud, what was that day all about? He will turn to you and say, my GPS took me there. My God positioning system took me there because I was meant to be there with that Dvar Malchus, that Torah booklet in my hand, in that particular space, so we can support, we can elevate, we can inspire, we can transform the lives of each other. My friends, wherever you are, look for what you have in your pocket. Check what you have in your tool chest because what you have with you and the people who are present among you and the places where you find yourself is where you're meant to be because that is your portion that you are meant to elevate and transform.